Well, this morning I want to take a few minutes and uh, speak to you about a subject I regularly talk through each year, and uh, that is the matter of viewing every day as a very important day, and every step you take as an important step. We have a, a tendency to just uh, relegate certain days, certain times as sort of unimportant, and we just sort of do what we need to do to get things done. But seven days a week are days that God has planned for us to accomplish His will. And each one is strategically important. Tomorrow is affected by today. You will either be in a more degenerated state than you were today, or a state of greater opportunity than you were today, based upon the spiritual choices you make throughout the day. Um, you see people that get into real trouble in their lives, and you say, how did that happen? Well, it didn't just happen. It happened by daily choices for a period of time in which they sowed a seed of corruption, sowed seeds of corruption of the flesh. And that was the harvest that they, uh, that they had. So it's very important to realize that Wednesday, in the middle of the first week of the nine-week block, is an important day. Not just the New Life meetings, not just the Victory Conference, not just the Degeneration Youth Summit, not just whatever else is an important time of spiritual refreshment for you, not just like a Sunday either. Each of these are very important days. So I'd like to go to a familiar passage, Ephesians chapter 5. In this we have, of course, the great challenge to be filled with the Spirit. And that Verse 18 is preceded by, don't be drunk with wine where it is excess. In other words, don't escape pressures. Don't uh, solve your problems by things of this earth, but let the Spirit of God help you face things and really develop things in your life. And so let's look at verses 15 to 17 that precede this command to be filled with the Spirit. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Very important verses. And so we are to redeem the time, buy back the time, because the days are evil. Now, now think about it. We're living in the age in which um, Satan is a defeated foe, but he still controls the world. We're in the battle for the souls of men here in the church age. But we're also in the age of the Gentiles in which Gentile world powers control our cultural systems, as we're talking about on Sunday night. Even though you have the great victory that we're preaching about on Sunday mornings, you still have the flesh. You still have that sinful tendency, the body of sin. And so if you don't counteract the world and your body and your mind, will, and emotions as far as the downward tendency of the flesh is concerned, uh, then you will go down, not up. You will lose time. Think about it. Whenever you lose time, is it because the Spirit of God led you to lose time? <laughs> is that what's happened? No, what happened? You sort of caved into the flesh. Ah, I don't feel like doing it. Or you did something, oh, that's not really that important, but you did it anyway. You just sort of escaped, like I talked about. And so every time we waste time or make wrong judgments, 
do things that we shouldn't do, it's always flesh-centered. It always is. I think if we would look at this matter of wasting time from that standpoint, it would make us a whole lot more sober about this matter of uh, allowing the God to steward our time the way that He wants to do it. It's a very precious commodity. We often say it, it's hard for you as young people to get a hold of it, but uh, you don't know how long you have. Especially, Jesus could come at any time. It's a very real issue. You may never get into the ministry that you feel called to be in because Jesus would come back. So the ministry that you're going to have could be right now. This could be it. Your life right now is what's going to be that which will be the ultimate of how God has worked as you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now these are sobering things, but we need to think about it. So it's not just another day, you know, just sort of make the best of it. No, that's not the way we need to view it. These are sacred moments, and the Bible says buy back, because you will, you won't own your time if you are not making spiritual choices. You're going to have to buy the time back. I mean, every time you are doing what God wants you to do, and you're accomplishing something, and you're making right priority judgments, every time you do that, that's a miracle, you see. That's God working. Every time you just, uh, you know, do something that really wasn't uh, the best thing, and you waste time, well, that's not the Lord. You know, you can go from wasting time to begin to indulge in the flesh to destroying your life. So this matter of managing life is not just, well, I'd like to do better. It is really, am I in the will of God, which is in this passage. And so we have to redeem the time because the days are evil. Now, what could I speak on right now, and I won't, that your generation has to face? I was talking to the ladies about that on Monday in the uh, class on time management there. What do you have to face that my generation didn't have to face too much? Technology. Would you say that's part of the days that are evil, or at least used by the days that are evil? Absolutely. So you've got to make choices. Now, the big thing for us was television, and people didn't see the dangers. And um, Dr. Jim waxes eloquent about television because he was a little bit of an addict as a teenager. I don't know why my parents let him do that. I'll let you know a little secret. You know, I would work late on Friday night, and I would have to work on Saturday too, but I didn't have to go in until a little bit later. And, you know, I'm there trying to get a little extra sleep, and my brothers were not allowed to turn on the TV without either them turning it on or me. I don't know why I got into that. I was the oldest brother, uh, and quite a, for a, by a few years. And so I'd see this really sweet little toe-headed uh, burr haircut of a kid. You ought to see him. He was something else. And uh, he, it, the thing about it was irritating about Dr. Jim. He was a good kid. You know, I mean, he just was a good kid. I don't remember him being ever, you know, I mean, he never uh, was a problem in the youth group, none of that. But he could be irritating, okay? <laughs> and uh, so he'd come in, and he would every so often remind me, you know, this cartoon is on now, you know, and could you come downstairs and pop? You know, I, I don't know, I don't think I was too bad. I, he's not bitter with me, so I must have uh, not done too bad of a job uh, with that. But, oh, is that irritating? So finally, sort of reminds you 
of the widow, you know, and the uh, importunate prayer. I'm telling you, this was Saturday after Saturday. If I had been smart, I should have set my alarm, go down, turn the dumb thing on, come back upstairs, gone back to sleep without all that half hour of, you know, going, 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 going. But um, that was our uh, redeeming the time issue. And uh, he, he loves Roadrunner, you know. And, and, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's so funny. Some, I mean, he watched a generation of things that I didn't watch. I mean, back when I watched them, it was, uh, well, I won't even tell you. It was, uh, it was what was it? Um, combat. Anybody even know what combat is? All right. No, all right, uh, all right, Brother Himes, yeah. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, actually, pretty tame. But you know, it wasn't good for me, and I look back. And we did have phones, but you couldn't take them anywhere because they were hooked to the wall. So uh, <laughs> that did help a little bit, so we didn't have all of, all of that problem. But it is an issue for you, and the days that are evil have been t snatching time heavily from, from God's people. You know, God's people today talk about being so busy and certainly, there's a lot of stress with corporate work and so forth, but a lot of it is just really being connected. And um, you know, I just found out, this isn't directly related to the message here, but I just found out um, in a study yesterday, and it was a huge study in the tens of thousands of teenagers, but uh, of people, excuse me, but uh, teenagers from 13 to 18 experience the deepest and most um, psychologically critical loneliness of any age bracket in, uh, of uh, the demographics. You know what that was just 10 years ago? Which age bracket would you normally think would have been the loneliest? The oldest group, the oldest group. And I think it probably came in second. For teenagers to be the loneliest shows that being connected does not meet the need of the heart at all. And um, these statistics are rather staggering when they come out. But I do want to encourage you, young people, to realize these moments are precious. I need to buy them back. Obviously, technology is not a big deal while you're here. But there's a lot of other stuff that can take up your time. And it is a spiritual matter. I explain this when we go over in a couple of the different courses when you come over to uh, the qualifications of a pastor and of a deacon, the order of time is part of the, of the qualifications. Well, let's go on here. Verse 17 is what I want to look at in particular. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, you have the opposite of that up in verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So we have a walk here that is talked about, the steps that we take. That's got to be um, with wisdom and not foolish. Now, um, when it, if anybody were to ever come up to you and say, you're a fool, that's still... That's still language that would bother you, right? If they were serious about it, Keenan, you're a fool. You know that would that would bother you if uh, your pastor said that to you, right? If you sensed I was serious, you'd go away saying, "What in the world, man? What have I done wrong?" Uh, I mean, that's that's a pretty strong term. It's worse than you're stupid. Uh, my wife doesn't let me say that, but I said it uh, in <laughs> as if we would say that. 
By the way, gals, you got to train your husbands not to say the wrong thing so your kids won't say the wrong things. So that's how that works, okay? So uh, we definitely don't want our kids to go around saying things are stupid. So it's really good if dad doesn't say things are stupid. So I've worked on that. But that isn't even as bad as you're a fool. You're just a fool. And, uh, but it says if, if you don't walk circumspectly, you're a fool, you're not wise. Now, I've already said, if you don't redeem the time, you are capitulating to a day and age which is evil, and uh, that, is, that means that you're not walking in the spirit. The matter of wasting time is a spiritual matter, and so therefore, uh, we need to uh, be uh, very aware of it, but here, God calls you a fool. You know, you go through a day and you just sort of messed around. Ever had one of those days? You didn't plan to relax, you just didn't do all the stuff you were supposed to do. Obviously here you were where you're supposed to be, but I'm saying maybe you had a day off or something and, or you were at home and you, now you, how many of you when you had things that you didn't plan to waste your time but you did it, how many of you feel invigorated and refreshed when the day is over? Normally not, okay. If you do, there's a problem, I'm telling you. <laughs> we do need to have you see Brother Swanson right away about that, because that's, that's a problem. Normally you feel just, yeah, you know, especially if you view things or, or you know what I'm saying, just watch a program or do stuff that you know is not the best, and you, you just waste your time. Well, it's that fool concept. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you, and what's he saying? He wrote the scripture. This isn't very wise. Now, does he want you to have a good time? Absolutely. Does he want you to be refreshed? Absolutely. Do you think it's sometimes great to take a day when you go somewhere, you do something, or you get some extra rest, you've prayed about it and decided to do it, anything wrong with that? No, not if it's within the will of God. And it's a great time. But when you do it and you don't know it's the will of God and you're doing it because you're caving into the flesh, now you are, in the, you are not spiritual and you are really wasting God's time with your life. Circumspectly, you've heard messages on this. Uh, it means to walk very carefully. Uh, several speakers here in the last uh, few years have used somewhat the same illustration about a cat walking on a, in a third world country of glass and metal sticking up on the walls around the house. And, and uh, there's no way in the world you want to climb that wall. But here's this dumb cat up there, you know, walking right along, prancing along. But I'll tell you what, that cat is walking very circumspectly. Now, you know I don't have the greatest love for cats. I'm sorry, <laughs> cat lovers. Uh, uh, but, the, um, um, but when I watch all four legs do different things, <laughs> and they're able to navigate that, I do have respect for God's creation, you know. <clears throat> uh, but, uh, no, cats are okay. We had cats when I was growing up. It's just they are depraved. That's the only problem. They have, they're so selfish. Uh, they are uh, in, unbelievable. Uh, but um, I'm sorry. I know I'm offending some of you. Have any of you seen the, the cat uh, roundup video they did for me? Anybody seen that? We ought to pull that out sometime. No, uh, they have me as a, a cowboy, you know. They, they pose my picture on top of it. And 
and they have these cowboys herding a herd of cats. <laughs> and these guys are bleeding and, you know, anyway. Anyway, I thought it was very appropriate, actually. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't bother me at all when I, when I saw it, but uh, anyway. So, but the idea of a cat is walking very, very, very carefully. Young people, that saying, we, we enter in boldly to where angels fear to tread. We just don't think. And we need to be very careful about our time. I want, the reason I'm telling you this is because if you get out of here and really haven't conquered time usage, you well could be the one we hear about in 10 years that had to leave the ministry because of sin. That's my bottom line here, okay? Because you go a few days and don't make priority judgments that are spirit-led, you don't make biblical choices, you aren't being very careful in the development of your character when you get out and you don't have accountability as much and you are in a place that you can waste time, the flesh goes from wasting time to self-indulgence very quickly. Wasting time is self-indulgence. That's the point. It may not seem like a big deal today, but it could be a massive deal 10 years from now when you have a temptation cross your path that because you're in the flesh and you are not uh, handling your life right, boom, that's when it happens. So a lot of little flesh choices lead to big flesh compromises to destruction. That's what the Bible says. You will reap a harvest of corruption. And so uh, we have to buy up the time that is given to us. As uh, Napoleon said, who is no great spiritual man, but he knew how to make things happen, there is in the midst of every great battle a 10 to 15 minute period that is the crucial point. Take that period and you win the battle, lose it and you will be defeated. Right now, you're in that 10 to 15 minute of time, quote unquote, in the battle for your development. And it is very important that the habits you came in from high school with, the, what your parents allowed you to do and not allowed you to do, every one of you have different uh, ways you operate, you have different ways you think, you have different personalities. But you have a window of time right now, if you don't take advantage of it, defeat can definitely be down the path. Did you know that you, if you walk in the spirit and you make right time choices, you will probably not have strongholds in your life. They will be defeated because your life is in order. Now I know we talk a lot about this and I'm gonna emphasize it, but your character development is transformation by faith in your life in which God embeds in you the ability to make choices on a regular basis that will keep you in a spirit-filled condition. Very important uh, for you to get a hold of that. So go back, going back then to verse 17, wherefore be ye not unwise. So you're a fool, you're unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I gave this statement on Monday to the class that I was teaching, but often I, I teach this. There is always enough time to do what? So if you feel like you don't have enough time, what's the problem? You're not in the will of God. It's a good lesson to learn. 
you know, all of this running and feeling pressured and so forth, and you're going to. Life can be extremely hectic and emergencies can come up in your life. I, I certainly understand that. But there's always enough time to do the will of God. Did you know every day I can end the day and feeling like this day was God's day? It's good. I wasn't perfect, but God did work and I accomplished as best I know how, the will of God today. That's a great, that's a great joy. You sleep well at night and you get excited about the next day. Remember, a day in which you are in a fool, a day in which you are not redeeming the time, means you wake up the next morning in a carnal state, a step lower than you were the day before, on a, on a slide downward. Now I know this, is, this seems so almost mundane, it's so important. I am telling you, this is what the difference is with alumni going out of here. I, by the time I've, I'm with uh, young people from four to six, seven years with seminary and so forth, I get to know the character pretty well. And so I know exactly what's going to happen in about five or six years if they don't get things uh, handled. And so this is a big, big deal for God to use you in any facet of your life. So we don't need to be uh, unwise. Now, how can we understand what the will of the Lord is? Now, think about it. Where do we find the primary will of God? In the Word of God. Who wrote the Word of God? The Holy Spirit. Where does He primarily operate in this age? In you. Wow. You know, you've heard me talk about this before, but it's always fun to get the author's signature. Uh, I guess the last semi-famous person I got a signature was Todd Starnes, the Fox News commentator when I was with him for a while and he gave me two of his books and he signed the book and it's just sort of neat to hear, I heard him talk for hours, we just had a lot of fun together and then to read his books, why well, it all matched, you know, it was, uh, and, um, and so it's sort of neat to meet the author of a book that's uh, something significant and uh, you have the author. I've also, you've heard me mention about how, you know, in um, English, what do you do in British lit. You try to figure out what was in the mind of that author, right? I always thought that's so funny to try to figure out what did this author mean when they wrote this? Or what does this poem mean? And, um, but uh, it's, it's sort of uh, silly if let's say Dr. Paul is having a group discussion on his book on uh, the churches in Revelation. And he's listening to you all discuss what he meant by that, by that page. <laughs> It'd be sort of silly. I think he meant that. No, I th and he's sitting there, you know, and he would say, no, I meant this. <laughs> and you would know that's defense. No, you didn't, Dr. Paul. What are you thinking? No, you meant this. I mean, that's silly. Uh, it is really uh, exciting to th think I got the author. I got him. And he has promised to illuminate the Word of God. So that's why the Word of God has just got to permeate you. Learn it, memorize it, just keep in it. And you get courses on it. Don't just sit academically in those courses, take it in. I'll tell you what, write down the jewels of things that are said by different professors when it clicks with you and the Holy Spirit says, remember that, write it down, learn those things. You're paying good money for it. I mean, uh, take advantage of it. And, uh, but it's really wonderful to know that I can get about the understanding that I need. Now, there's one other way, utilizing the Word of God, 
the Spirit of God will directly work in your heart. He never works contrary to the Word of God. He never works contrary to God-given authority who's operating properly. He does not, uh, he, he is uh, never unwise in his counsel. I tell you, I have people say, well, the Holy Spirit told me, and I just grimace, and I say, oh, no, that was another spirit you heard, but that wasn't the Holy Spirit, and uh, so I have to face that. So I've got to be careful, but does he communicate with us? Oh, yes, he does. I could give you a whole list of things where he's told me I need to do this, or this is what needs to be done, and it was clearly, and then in a multitude of counselors, and in a multitude of those praying, the Spirit of God will minister into your heart, and you've got understanding. So it's the, it starts with the Word, empowered by and illuminated by the Spirit, and then with a, a personal prayer relationship. Do you think you can understand what the will of God is? Absolutely you can. You can know what you ought to do this summer. You can know what you ought to do tomorrow. You can know what you ought to do today. But how many days do you start the day with your hour with God and then some time and planning to where you're excited because you know this is what God wants today? I think one of the traps that you fall into in school, I know I did, was, well, the will of God is for me to be in such and such a class at 8 o'clock. Well, that's not hard to figure out, okay? And I need to be at this lesson at a certain time. And I need to be in chapel at 10. That was the will of God. You entered the will of God this morning. Very wise to do so. And, uh, and you can go right on to different rehearsals and other things that you have to be at. But what about how you use the discretionary time? How about the in-between times? Do you know what the will of God is? Do you think God cares enough about you to show you? Do you think he knows how to help you plan a day? Absolutely. And we learn the voice of the Spirit the more we walk with him. Sometimes we miss it. Our own hearts are, are um, you know, deceptive. That's why you have to have counsel, because that will really help you. But my point is this. There's a strong emphasis here. Don't buy back the time that, that's being taken from you because the days are evil. You need to be walking circumspectly. Don't be a fool. You need to understand what the will of God is. And don't be unwise. Now that's pretty strong. And then I want you to see, I've started with this and I'm going to end with this. Look at verse 18. Do you see where the first phrase comes in now? And be not drunk with wine wherein it is excess. Why do people drink? Because they love the taste of beer. Um, they may learn to love it. I've never tasted any of it, thankfully. But I tell you what, I used to drive down to radio, like I went to the radio this morning, um, downtown, and the, when the breweries in those days were full force, the hops and all of that, it, yeah, you Milwaukee guys know what I'm talking about. It's awful. I'm thinking, drink something that smells like that. I mean, you've got to be uh, really wanting the effect of it, I would think. And uh, uh, some of the other hard stuff, from what I've heard, is worse than taking... Uh, uh, some pretty bad medicine that's bitter, but they take it not because of the taste necessarily, but because of the effect. And what are they trying to do? Escape from unwise behavior. That's what it is. That's why people get so hooked. I mean, I, you know, I've talked to so many heroin addicts, and they don't want to be a heroin addict. Now, initially they do. They won't talk to you initially. But after they begin to have the consequences and begin to see what's happening to them, they can't get off of it. 
first of all, because it's so addictive, but secondly, because they can't, they have such, they have so many problems that there's no way that they want to go back to reality. That's where the Lord comes in. That's what's so beautiful about RU and other things like that. Well, for us, we have our little escapes. Um, do not hit the vending machine, but be filled with the Spirit. And he said, Pastor, how could you uh, say that? Well, you know, some of you. Now, you're really blessed. When I was in uh, college, eh, they tempted us. They had a whole, I mean, they had vending machines all over the dorm, you know. And so they were trying to make money. And so, um, but that could be a temptation. And, um, or, um, um, do not go to Starbucks, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, again, I want to be reverential here, but you know what I'm saying. Nothing wrong. Well, maybe there is, but, uh, <laughs> all right, let's do a Dr. Jim. Go to Dunkin' Donuts. That's, that's a, a little better one. And, um. But the point is, when you're supposed to be doing something else and you go escape because you just, and you eat two donuts and you know you shouldn't eat two donuts and you have, and you have just spent eight bucks on stuff that's gonna make you fat, uh, you know, or miserable. Um, folks, that's exactly what a drunkard does. Say, Pastor, this is really getting down to nitty gritty here. Uh, um, I won't, this is not a class, so I won't get suggestions from you of other, uh, BCM escapes. Um, I haven't seen too many guys out at the hoops. I guess with basketball season it might be. You guys choose to finally get out there and practice and it's 30 degrees, you know, but uh, um, but sometimes you can just mindlessly do that or and exercise is great for you. But we can waste time when we're supposed to be doing something. And of course technology, technology, that's an addiction. It is a dopamine high uh, so many different facets of technology, and that's um, if you just are feeling a little under or you got pressure, boom. And uh, we're looking at uh, we're looking at our phone or we're looking at an iPad, and uh, and we're not doing what God wants us to do. So, I, do you see how verse 18 really fits with these other verses? Is what I'm trying to show you. How it you've really got to be careful to make right decisions. Don't be foolish, because whenever you're in the flesh, you're foolish. Buy back the evil day that we're in. Uh, be wise. Understand what the will of God is, and there's enough time every day to do the will of God. And then don't escape, but be filled with the Spirit. Listen, young people, you are made for, for a relationship with God, and there's nothing better than, than to be in that state of being fully controlled by Him. It's just glorious. And you will find you may have an impossible schedule, but when the, you've heard testimonies, when the Spirit of God starts working, it somehow fits. Ever notice that? Because you're making priority judgments, and you aren't wasting your time, and you're not getting stressed out, and you're able to do a lot in a little bit of time. You know, when you're stressed out, you can study for an hour, and it goes nowhere. When you're walking with God, you can study for 15 minutes and really get somewhere on, on a project that you're doing. I mean, this is what happens. Uh, those of you that have instruments, I mean, you can sit down the piano and it means nothing for an hour. Okay, we may think it sounds nice, but you haven't been doing what you're supposed to do on that piano. Now, I know on violin, I know what you're supposed to be doing, so I'll sometimes hear the doodling in the, uh, in the music room there, and uh, it's sort of a mindless escape, but when you're spirit-filled, what are you going to do? You're going to work on those, uh, uh, what's that? Yeah, and all, all this, you can tell I didn't take violin, but, uh, but uh, all that stuff that's not a lot of fun. 
over and over and over. But you know what? When you're walking with God, you enjoy it because you know you're progressing. You're getting somewhere. Uh, you actually sit down and learn your Greek vocab and enjoy it. Well, listen, do you realize what a blessing it is to learn that next Greek word and know that you can identify it and understand how it's used? To learn the different grammatical aspects because it'll open up the Word of God to you? See, if you're spirit-filled, you get excited. If you're not spirit-filled, it's just a, it's really a big headache. I just am not good at languages. Who told you that? Well, I've always thought I'm not good at languages. Well, where'd you ever get that idea? Well, I failed. No, where, no. do you think there might be another voice in your ear? You think there might be the flesh that's, that's self-centered talking to you? Or whatever it is. Etudes, that's what I was looking for. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, those, those to me seem to be always tough, going over etudes, but maybe you all just enjoy it. You can't wait to get to your next etude to learn. But uh, anyway, I'm glad I thought about that. It's really bad when you're preaching and you're trying to think of a word that is something you said five minutes ago. And uh, Anyway. But um, don't escape, but be filled, controlled with the Spirit. And then you'll have a song on your heart. Then you'll be thankful. Then you won't have any trouble submitting to your parents, to authorities here. You'll be just fine. You won't be in, you won't be in this constant turmoil. It's a wonderful thing. But it starts, folks, with walk circumspectly and redeem the time. Simple little message, little talk I give often, but please listen to it. Don't be bound by how am I going to do everything today. No, just walk with God and ask Him for wisdom, and then obey Him when He tells you. He'll tell you to go soul winning a few more times than you normally would go, and you'll, and you'll be really thrilled. He'll just have you do things. He'll have you talk to somebody at a key time that you wouldn't have thought about, but He led you to do it. And He'll just make your life rich and full so may God help us. Let's bow for prayer. With heads bowed, just a 